This podcast follows the ordinary stories of entrepreneurs in the financial industry who broke their false beliefs, built companies, lost everything, and yet found the motivation to persevere in their stillest hour. Here we go, Irresistible Offer component number three. We're in a 10-part series on how to build a compelling offer. If you reform kind of one of these 10 things, you'll be able to charge more, you'll be able to get some of your time back, which are two main components uh, that are driven by how good your offer is in your business. So reform one of them, you can charge a little bit more, get your time back, reform all 10 of them, change and structure them properly, and now you have an irresistible offer. So in this component number three, we're focusing on this following line. Offer a single valuable outcome. Do not compete on price benefits or features. So let's let's when we're thinking about this, let's revisit the commodity problem. So if if you want to get paid more, you can't be like everyone else. Okay. You can't be compared to anyone else and you have to be in a category of one. Gasoline, if we take gasoline as an example, gasoline is a commodity. Why? Well, because it's really all the same and has a standard quality generally. You might hop over the next street to save 15 cents, you know, on a gallon of gas. And uh, you and your business need to shift away from being a commodity, commodity that's basically the same as everyone else to a high paid expert that's in a category of their own or a category of one. So people accidentally do this to themselves. They accidentally commoditize themselves when they compete on price. Why should you hire me? Well, I can cut your lawn for cheaper than that other girl down the street. Now, it's a terrible way to run your business because it's always a race to the bottom. You know, unless you have some way to be like Walmart, where you're like, well, we have advanced distribution and because of bulk ordering and purchases and so forth, you know, we can offer the lowest price. Um, for just about everyone else, for a lot of other people and businesses, it's 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 always a race to the bottom. You're just continually getting squeezed down. Um, so don't compete on price. Some then compete on value. And this is where we're selling based on time or features and benefits stuff, right? You're, you're offering your client. So if you're a fitness, fitness coach, you might argue that you'll get recipes for healthy eating, you know, uh, features, right? You'll get group coaching, you'll get accountability partners. Both of you, you know, will feel like eating ice cream, but actually you'll go out to the supermarket and you'll get broccoli and you'll be accountable, you know, customized workout plans, new alarm ringtones that soothe you, you know, as you wake out or wake up in the morning. So this is all okay. Um, and it's a step up from competing on price alone, which is just fine. But in the end, uh, it still leaves a lot of money on the table. And the customer doesn't really care about your price. Not really. They don't care about your features or your bells and whistles. They care about you delivering a specific tangible result with certainty. So the experts that are creating their offers based around results are the ones that are getting paid. If you can compete in the marketplace based on results solving a problem for a client, you will get paid to, you know, disproportionately more than if you're competing on price or value. Why is it so much better? Well, when you compete on results, it's really difficult for me, who's looking at you to buy your service, right? It's difficult for me to compare you with any of the competition because your offer is unique. You've differentiated yourself. You've got no comparison. You aren't just a copywriter. You're a copywriter that builds launch, launch sequences that triple open rates. 
So if I'm trying to launch a new product and I want to, you know, hire a, a copywriter, I'm, I'm, I go to Upwork or some, you know, I, I ask all my friends and my family who can write copy and there's five people and they all charge different hourly rates, right? And they all tell me their experience and they have some sort of mix of price and value and that sort of thing. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Well, I like this person more, but they're a little more expensive, but I'm not sure they can get the job done but it's a little bit cheaper. So maybe I'll go with this other person, right? It's all comparison on price and a little bit of value. Um, but if you compete on a specific outcome and then speak to me, the customer who wants that specific outcome, now you're just a single person. I have no one to compare you to, right? I'm looking to build a, to launch a product. So I need a launch sequence. I want a launch sequence that has higher than normal. Uh, there's triple normal open rates. So you know, it's basically that single copywriter against the rest of the field. The single copywriter is an expert. Um, they're not commoditized and consequently they've differentiated themselves and consequently they can charge a lot more. So let's use another example. Say you're a violin teacher, piano teacher. Most, um, and I know this because uh, as all good middle school children um, with parents who want them to grow up and succeed, they say, uh, as soon as they're seven, eight or nine, you need to learn the piano. And so, you know, I went to my piano teacher and it, she, you know, she was basically a friend of the family and she competed on price. Basically what she said, well, she, she didn't charge 40 an hour, 40 an hour, but this is more of a hypothetical scenario, right? Let's just say they charge $40 an hour. We'll come back to my teacher in a sec. So let's just say they charge $40 an hour for a one hour lesson. Some piano teachers, violin teachers upgrade to compete on price and value. So what they'll say is, hey, look, I'm in the middle of the road for price, I'm a little more than some, I'm a little more expensive than others, I'm cheaper than some of these others, but I have all of these values, right? You know me, I have experience, I live close by. So they're competing on price, you know, a little bit of value. Very few piano violin teachers are going to compete on a specific result that the parent or the child might want, right? So very few of them are going to say something like, look, um, you know, your child wants to learn the piano. Fantastic. Um, what our program is, six-month program, and at the end of our six-month training program, your child will be able to play in their first recital. And also they won't sound horrible around the house and drive you crazy. Right? So that's, that's they're, they're competing based on a result. So now it's really difficult for the comp, for the consumer to compare and say, well, I don't know, she's more expensive or less expensive per hour. I don't, at that point, I don't care. And you're more valuable to me because what you're saying to me is that this specific program is built to give me an outcome that I want, right? And I want my child, of course, around Christmas time with all of the other good parents who are also very competitive and want their children to perform well to compete and to, well, not to compete because it's not a competition, but to play in their first Christmas recital. And as a very aspiring competitive parent, that's something I'm really interested in. And so just the fact that I was able, or this piano teacher rather, was able to compete on an outcome differentiates them, makes them more competitive, and allows them to charge more. And in their business as well, um, they're going to be able to build a specific system if this is the type of um, child that they go after, someone who's never played the piano, maybe needs to get through their first recital um, that, that would be a system they would be able to build and streamline their business and actually be a lot less stressed and, and work less, right? So it's, it's a category of one that they've created suddenly. There's very little competition. 
as I was saying, they don't compete on price, right? And it gives me the consumer a specific tangible result that I want to see from my child. And consequently, I'm willing to pay more for it. So when thinking about or thinking through this process, keep the following concepts in mind. Number one, clarity. The clearer something is, the more it's worth. If your offer isn't clear about the specific outcome you're providing, prospects subconsciously mutter to themselves, right? It's not worth it. Uh, it won't work for me. It won't work for me specifically. I won't be able to stick with it. Uh, the external factors will get in my way, right? There's so much effort and sacrifice. It's just too much. I won't enjoy it. Or I'll try it and then I'll be bad at it. It'll be too confusing. I won't be able to stick with it, right? All of these thoughts are kind of like churning through their minds. Um, I remember seeing this advertising company. I probably mentioned this earlier, but I saw this advertising company and their big headline is, we are advertising. And it's clear, um, but it's not really clear what sort of outcome that they'll give me. And that's the, that's the, that's the key. They did everything under the sun, basically, this, this advertising company. And it was very unclear what sort of specific outcome they could give. And so what I was thinking to myself is, well, it's probably not for me. It's probably some, you know, it's probably for some other big company. They, they, I I don't know if they could get results from me. I don't know if it'd probably be too expensive. Like they're not speaking to me. It it might take a lot of work for me to get in contact with them because, you know, I I started having all these thoughts. It's just not clear. Um, Second, certainty. Um, And this is a key point when you think about um, your business, the more certain you are that you can achieve the uh, outcome that you say that you can get, the more you can charge. So when you set an outcome for your service and you say, hey, I can get you this outcome, I am going to build you a website that you love. The more certain you are that you can achieve that advertised result, the more you can charge. And so what we want to do with our offers is we want to figure out this dream offer um, or dream client, dream niche, dream client, uh, trim all the things that are low value, um, low margin to the client, and then add all the things that are high value, high margin. Um, client values. And then we want to ramp up the certainty. So we want to say it's not, it it not might happen for you, right? We not, we, we might, it's not that we might find a website that you like, we are going to find a website and we're going to build a website that you love, right? So the more, again, we're pursuing this, this idea of certainty. So the more certain you can be in your outcome, the more you can charge. Um, So we're always driving towards certainty in our offers. Number three, repelling. We want our offer and our results and the results we deliver to repel clients that are not our ideal client. So for example, my offer uh, is to help you double your prices by building you an irresistible offer. And um, so that's kind of my clear outcome, right? Double your prices, build you an irresistible offer. But what am I assuming in this statement, right? (laughs) I'm assuming that you have prices to double. So I'm assuming you have clients. I'm assuming you have something of a business. Why? Because if you're brand new, you are not necessarily going to feel the same amount of pain by working a lot of hours and being an expert and, and having these people come to you, but you're overworked, right? You may not have the funds to pay me. You might also think it's all just about running some advertising to get uh, you know, a customer or two. And that's the prevailing wisdom that I stand against in the marketplace, you know, you can't run traffic. You can't run advertising. Everyone wants to talk about Facebook ads, getting you in a few extra clients. You can't do any of that uh, before you come up with a really good irresistible offer. 
And so you need to you need to do that first. And when I when when someone might come to me who's like brand new and doesn't know anything, they really have to be in the right place to be able to work with me because I'm going to tell them that they need an offer first, right? And they don't need, you know, you know, Facebook ads right away. And so this is all, you know, very intentional to repel a certain type of client who I don't, who I don't want to work with. Again, it's not that I won't take those clients. It's just we have to have a conversation and make sure we're on the same page. But the point is you want to repel those clients that are not ideal and attract ideal high paying clients, right? And that's, that's what, you know, my message in that case is supposed to do. And that's what you want, you, the, the clarity of promising a specific outcome. That's one of the purposes you want it to achieve is to repel um, non-ideal clients and attract your ideal clients. So that's just about everything for this episode. Focus your messaging on a dream outcome. You know, one that you know you can provide a specific ideal client. Just think about a couple of clients that you've worked with in the past year or two and say, this: these one or two people or one or two businesses that I work with were just unbelievable to work with. And I got them this unbelievable outcome, right? That's what we want to focus on. And then once you, you shape all your messaging around that, and once you start competing on outcome alone, your dream clients, your dream price, and your dream workflow will start to follow. But it all starts with an offer, and it all starts specifically with this offer component number three, competing on an outcome, not competing on price, features, uh, or you know, or a list of a list of laundry list of benefits. So hope that episode helped and we will see you in the next episode, Irresistible Offer Component Number Four, where we will talk about unique mechanisms, naming, and messaging. So see you in the next episode. 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 Me, who's looking at you to buy your service, right? It's difficult for me to compare you with any of the competition because your offer is unique. You've differentiated yourself. You've got no comparison. You aren't just a copywriter. You're a copywriter that builds launch launch sequences that triple open rates. So if I'm trying to launch a new product and I want to, you know, hire a, a copywriter, I'm, I'm, I go to Upwork or some, you know, I, I ask all my friends and my family who can write copy, and there's five people and they all charge different hourly rates, right? And they all tell me their experience and they have some sort of mix of price and value and that sort of thing. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Well. I like this person more, but they're a little more expensive, but I'm not sure they can get the job done, but it's a little bit cheaper. So maybe I'll go with this other person, right? It's all comparison on price and a little bit of value. Um, but if you compete on a specific outcome and then speak to me, the customer who wants that specific outcome, now you're just a single person. I have no one to compare you to, right? I'm looking to build a, to launch a product. So I need a launch sequence. I want a launch sequence that has higher than normal, uh, there's triple normal open rates. So, you know, it's basically that single copywriter against the rest of the field. The single copywriter is an expert. Um, they're not commoditized and consequently they've differentiated themselves and consequently they can charge a lot more. So let's use another example. Say you're a violin teacher, piano teacher. Most, um, and I know this because... <laughs> Uh, as all good middle school children um, with parents who want them to grow up and succeed, they say, uh, as soon as they're seven, eight, or nine, you need to learn the piano. And so, you know, I went to my piano teacher and it, she, you know, she was basically a friend of the family and she competed on price. Basically what she said, well, she, she didn't charge 40 an, hour, 40 an hour, but this is more of a hypothetical scenario, right? Let's just say they charge $40 an hour. We'll come back to my teacher in a sec. 
So let's just say they charge $40 an hour for a one hour lesson. Some piano teachers, violin teachers upgrade to compete on price and value. So what they'll say is, hey, look, I'm in the middle of the road for price, I'm a little more than some, I'm a little more expensive than others, I'm cheaper than some of these others, but I have all of these values, right? You know me, I have experience, I live close by. So they're competing on price, you know, a little bit of value. Very few piano violin teachers are going to compete on a specific result that the parent or the child might want, right? So very few of them are going to say something like, look, um, you know, your child wants to learn the piano. Fantastic. Um, what our program is, a six-month program, and at the end of our six-month training program, your child will be able to play in their first recital. And also, they won't sound horrible around the house and drive you crazy. Right? So that's that's they're, they're competing based on a result. So now it's really difficult for the comp, for the consumer to compare and say, well, I don't know, she's more expensive or less expensive per hour. I don't at that point. I don't care. And you're more valuable to me because what you're saying to me is that this specific program is built to give me an outcome that I want, right? And I want my child, of course, around Christmas time with all of the other good parents who are also very competitive and want their children to perform well to compete and to, well, not to compete because it's not a competition, but to play in their first Christmas recital. And as a very aspiring competitive parent, that's something I'm really interested in. And so just the fact that I was able, or this piano teacher rather, was able to compete on an outcome differentiates them, makes them more competitive, and allows them to charge more. And in their business as well, um, they're going to be able to build a specific system if this is the type of um, child that they go after, someone who's never played the piano, maybe needs to get through their first recital, um, that that would be a system they would be able to build and streamline their business and actually be a lot less stressed and, and work less, right? So it's it's a category of one that they've created suddenly. There's very little competition. As I was saying, they don't compete on price, right? And it gives me the consumer a specific tangible result that I want to see for my child. And consequently, I'm willing to pay more for it. So when thinking about or thinking through this process, keep the following concepts in mind. Number one, clarity. The clearer something is, the more it's worth. If your offer isn't clear about the specific outcome you're providing, prospects subconsciously mutter to themselves, right? It's not worth it. Uh, it won't work for me. It won't work for me specifically. I won't be able to stick with it. Uh, the external factors will get in my way, right? There's so much effort and sacrifice. It's just too much. I won't enjoy it. Or I'll try it and then I'll be bad at it. It'll be too confusing. I won't be able to stick with it, right? All of these thoughts are kind of like churning through their minds. Um, I remember seeing this advertising company. I probably mentioned this earlier, but I saw this advertising company and their big headline is we are advertising. And it's clear, um, but it's not really clear what sort of outcome that they'll give me. And that's the, that's the, that's the key. They did everything under the sun, basically, this, this advertising company. And it was very unclear what sort of specific outcome they could give. And so what I was thinking to myself is, well, it's probably not for me. It's probably some, you know, it's probably for some other big company. They, they, I, I don't know if they could get results from me. I don't know if it'd probably be too expensive. Like they're not speaking to me. It, it might take a lot of work for me to get in contact with them because, you know, I, I started having all these thoughts. It's just not clear. Um, second, certainty. Um, and this is a key point when you think about um, your business, the more certain you are that you can achieve the uh, outcome that you say that you can get, the more you can charge. 
So when you set an outcome for your service and you say, hey, I can get you this outcome, I am going to build you a website that you love. The more certain you are that you can achieve that advertised result, the more you can charge. And so what we wanna do with our offers is we wanna figure out this dream offer um, or dream client, dream niche, dream client, uh, trim all the things that are low value, um, low margin to the client, and then add all the things that are high value, high margin, um, client values. And then we want to ramp up the certainty. So we want to say it's not, it, it not might happen for you, right? We not, we, we might, it's not that we might find a website that you like, we are going to find a website and we're going to build a website that you love, right? So the more, again, we're pursuing this, this idea of certainty. So the more certain you can be in your outcome, the more you can charge. Um, so we, we're always driving towards certainty in our offers. Number three, repelling. We want our offer and our results and the results we deliver to repel clients that are not our ideal client. So for example, my offer uh, is to help you double your prices by building you an irresistible offer. And um, so that's kind of my clear outcome, right? Double your prices, build you an irresistible offer. But what am I assuming in this statement, right? <laughs> I'm assuming that you have prices to double. So I'm assuming you have clients. I'm assuming you have something of a business. Why? Because if you're brand new, you are not necessarily going to feel the same amount of pain by working a lot of hours and being an expert and, and having these people come to you, but you're overworked, right? You may not have the funds to pay me. You might also think it's all just about running some advertising to get uh, you know, a customer or two. And that's the prevailing wisdom that I stand against in the marketplace. You know, you can't run traffic, you can't run advertising. Everyone wants to talk about Facebook ads, getting you in a few extra clients. You can't do any of that uh, before you come up with a really good irresistible offer. And so you need to you need to do that first. And when I when when someone might come to me who's like brand new and doesn't know anything, they really have to be in the right place to be able to work with me because I'm going to tell them that they need an offer first, right? And they don't need, you know, you know, Facebook ads right away. And so this is all you know, very intentional to repel a certain type of client who I, don't, who I don't want to work with. Again, it's not that I won't take those clients. It's just we have to have a conversation and make sure we're on the same page. But the point is you want to repel those clients that are not ideal and attract ideal high paying clients, right? And that's, that's what you know, my message in that case is supposed to do. And that's what you want, you, the, the clarity of promising a specific outcome. That's one of the purposes you want it to achieve is to repel um, non-ideal clients and attract your ideal clients. So that's just about everything for this episode. Focus your messaging on a dream outcome. You know, one that you know you can provide a specific ideal client. Just think about a couple of clients that you've worked with in the past year or two and say, this: these one or two people or one or two businesses that I work with were just unbelievable to work with. And I got them this unbelievable outcome right? That's what we want to focus on. And then once you, you shape all your messaging around that, and once you start competing on outcome alone, your dream clients, your dream price, and your dream workflow will start to follow. But it all starts with an offer and it all starts specifically with this offer component number three, competing on an outcome, not competing on price features uh, or you know, or a list of a list of laundry list of benefits. So, hope that episode helped, and we will see you in the next episode 
irresistible offer component number four, where we will talk about unique mechanisms, naming, and messaging. So see you in the next episode. Episode.